Welcome to Sad Styles Productions. Let me run you through our daily specials. On Tuesday, relive your childhood gaming memories on the Retrograde Podcast. On Thursday, the Jackass crew relives the pain and glory of the TV show Jackass. Also on Thursday, Mikey and Brian let you in on all the secrets of sports marketing on the sign-off, a Frameworth podcast. On Fridays, losing money with Andrew Baskin helps satisfy your 20-minute sports gambling fix. Keep your hands inside the car at all times. Enjoy the ride. Get into it. Coming up... A Sad Styles production. Hello and welcome. My name is Mikey Aaronworth, signing on to the sign-off, a Frameworth podcast for yet another week. And I know it's been a while since I've done an intro like this, so you may not be used to seeing me this way. But before we get into the episode, I wanted to set it up in two specific ways. The first is some good news. We're going to be doing another giveaway. So details on that are going to be coming up in just a little bit before we get into the main episode. The second is to set up this episode in a specific way, because it may seem at first glance as though this episode is very much unlike anything we've done before. And for the first 10 or 15 15 minutes, it is. The guests that we're having on, Brian Glazer and Chris Sutsos, are very successful social media managers, content creators. They run an incredibly successful YouTube channel as well. Uh, They got into this industry in a very different way than I did, but as they progress, they're starting to move more and more into the realms of content creation for sports and essentially anything that their interests encompass. And I think it's important that we draw attention to the fact that marketing in general is now a multifaceted industry and it seems to bleed through many different areas, uh, and that's one thing that we really want to focus on. The first 10 or 15 minutes of this episode, it may seem like it has nothing to do with sports at times. We do get into the weeds with it once we introduce our guests, but I do think it's important to really draw on the fact that we're coming from this from very different perspectives, angles, and experiences. Now, back to part one, the part you're interested in, the giveaway. It is going to be for a signed Mitch Marner Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, a player that both myself and my guests this week on the podcast are very fond of uh, for a variety of reasons. He is another person who is taking marketing to a whole new level in ways that some people may not understand at first glance. Now, the giveaway is going to be very similar to a lot of giveaways we've done in the past. All you're going to have to do is make sure that you're subscribed to the Sign Off podcast, either on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, any podcast app, and you're going to have to make sure that you are also subscribed to their YouTube channel. It's Thrashed TV. You can find that youtube.com slash C slash Chris Thrash. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, right over there, there's going to be a little graphic uh, and you can see exactly how to get there on YouTube. All you're going to have to do is take a screenshot showing that you're subscribed to both channels email us over at signoffpod at frameworth.com and you will automatically be entered into the draw. Now we're going to be doing this draw two weeks from this announcement. It's going to be taking place on September 30th. I will announce it on this podcast. They will also announce it over on the YouTube channel and I highly suggest you check it out. Now this might sound a little strange, but I do really want to encourage you, especially if your gut is telling you you might not be interested in a YouTube channel dedicated to thrash metal uh, clips, videos, skits, that sort of thing, because I do think it's interesting if you're getting into this world of marketing or you're interested, which I think you might be if you're listening to this podcast, to see all the different ways in which they manifest across all industries. If you're paying attention, you will see a lot of similarities, uh, starting with this episode alone. It may seem like a, a coming together that you never would have expected, and yet here we are. Guys, I really think this is a special episode. Once again, stay tuned till the very end. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you on the other side. Hello and 
welcome. My name is Mikey Aaronworth, signing on to the Sign Off, a Frameworth podcast. Uh, I've got kind of an exciting announcement this week, and I'm honestly, as I started doing this intro, trying not to laugh because I'm joined in studio uh, by two very funny people, one of whom I've actually known for quite a while. Uh, he's laughing, drinking his Tim Hortons coffee. Uh, that's Brian Glazer over there. We're also joined by Chris Sutsos, who is a, uh, a newcomer in my life, uh, but someone who I'm well familiar with. Uh, uh, joined basically, uh, how to describe it? Kind of a bit of an enigma in the world of online sports, influencing, video production, and just about anything else you can think of. Uh, I, I love to dig into what it is exactly, Chris, that you call yourself uh, mm-hmm. because you do kind of cover off such a wide variety of, of, of things that we that we find on the internet. Uh, um, if, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see uh, uh, you got the long hair, you got yeah. the beard. <laughs> Your aesthetic is not typically that of, uh, you know, a sports executive that we might have on this podcast, but yeah. that's exactly yeah. why I'm excited to have you on this podcast. We talk all the time on this show about how many opportunities there are in the world of sports uh, that exist beyond just playing the sports themselves. And what you've done uh, isn't specifically sports-oriented, but you've come up in the world of uh, of social media, of, of influencing, of content creation, and developed a niche for yourself. And it all started very heavily uh, in the world of, of, and this is going to sound odd to the audience if you're, if you're new to this, in basically metal, like music, yeah. metal music. That has been your aesthetic for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And yet you've balanced this persona of someone who is desperately in love with sports as well. And I say desperately because you are a Leafs fan at your heart, unfortunately, yes. in a lot of ways. Uh, we've, we've had uh, uh, quite a few uh, pain points, I think, o- over the past few years. Uh, but Chris, why don't we kind of start off? Why don't you, uh, I know you've, you've been on a few podcasts before, Building Blocks being one of them, uh, where you, you got to kind of talk about your, your history. You know, you spent a lot of time on other channels and now you're kind of really coming out and doing your own thing. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, who you are, how you got into what you do, and what you're doing from from now on since you've left your past channel. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mikey, for having me. It is a pleasure being in the Frameworth Sports Marketing headquarters. <laughs> There's so much shit here. I was walking around. I was like, fuck, I could fit a few of these pucks in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I think you could probably take me, so why don't you do it? <laughs> With one arm, we'll see where we can go. But uh, yeah, what's going on? My name is Chris Sutsos. Uh, I am a social media strategist, marketer, creative content creator, hockey player, skateboarder, basketball player, part-time photographer, and... I'm a dude. <laughs> and it's just a, just a dude who does things. Yes. And, and honestly, that that is, you know, when I when I was looking at, at kind of the pedigree of what you brought to the table, one thing that I did want to focus on was, uh, you know, one of the things that ties all of these pursuits together is at the core is is your passion for the things that you're dealing with. And that passion, I think, can be extended as well to, uh, to, to sports. You know, that is one of the things that kind of uh, drives you. And we were talking before the podcast about how one of the reasons you left your old channel, which had done very well for yourself, and, and uh, I'll, I'll ask you in a, in a second to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that, is because you felt like you almost couldn't be yourself. You couldn't be the... Uh, authentic the, self. Your authentic self who mm-hmm. who likes sports. I asked you before we started this, do you want me to refer to you as Chris Sutsos or Chris Thrash, which is yeah. sort of a... Uh, a persona that you have in in the online world uh, that that uh, that you use kind of like a character, but but also yes. you know an extension of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so so why don't you start 
there. Uh, tell me about your your past endeavors in the world of, of social media influence and content creation. Um, what happened to make you think you wanted to be able to embrace more of this real version of yourself and, and how that, that led you here? Absolutely. Um, it all started when I graduated high school. At the time, I was... Oh, started. brag about it. Wow. <laughs> okay, all right. my grade 10. Thank you very much. So I want, uh, I want grade 10 on the sleeve, <laughs> and I want Ricky on the other sleeve. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just graduated high school. I had 17 years old. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I got... Um, I'm the son of an immigrant, so I got thrown into a finance business economics degree that I had no interest in. Sure, sure. At the time, I just... I was playing saxophone, and then I couldn't afford a saxophone, so I bought a bass. And so at the time when I, when I graduated and I went off to York, that was the first time living on my own. Uh, that's when I started in metal journalism with um, Metal Master Kingdom and I can't Metal Head Movement. So sure. I was moderating those pages online. I was writing pieces for band reviews, what have you. And at the time, it was just strictly out of, I fuck it, I fucking love this music so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I had no one. I didn't really have any diehard Metalhead friends as a kid. Uh, no one in my family's really alternative. They're all kind of prim and proper. Sure, so sure. Being the black sheep, that just finding that creativity and finding metal and just alternative music that came from a love of EA Sports, a lot of old oh, NHL yeah. games. Oh, you're speaking my language now. Yeah, I've mentioned yeah. it before on the podcast, my hell other yeah. podcast, EA the uh, the Retro Game Sports. It's in the game. Now that's <laughs> that's Brian Glazer with the dulcet tones there. Uh, Brian, how did you get involved in this endeavor? I, and we'll we'll continue on yeah. that thread uh, in a little bit, but I, I want to include our, our buddy over here as well. Well, we actually, me and Chris met at York, where is how I met you yeah. by second hand. Uh, you had to ride the lightning shirt on. It's, it's actually true. <laughs> I, I went in first day at the, the Absinthe Pub. I'd left York for a year. Uh, thanks, OSAP. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I go back and I, I go in and I'm like, well, I need a job. So I go right from Frosh Bossing down to the Absinthe Pub. And I'm wearing a cutoff Metallica Ride the Lightning t-shirt mm -hmm. that I've had since grade six. And the only reason it's cut off is uh, because I've had it since grade six and it's just disintegrated. Okay, <laughs> sure. from so the it's not outward in. Yeah. <laughs> I have that. We, we end up meeting like uh, we end up working together together. Very quickly, same year, we end up on uh, the same hockey team, Cannabis Leafs. Oh, yeah. Winters College Cannabis Leafs intramurals. Uh, people didn't like that we did so well. I, I was going to say, I like that you say that twice as though the listener's not going to know what that yeah, means. Well, if you went to York for one year, somewhere around 2014, you're going to know. Yeah. And so so your involvement now is more in video production, editing uh, for, for the channel. He's also been taken over, and I can say quite epically <laughs> everything. So in terms of communicating, uh, making these connections, sure. going out and finding new opportunities for one another, because it's one thing for us to get together, hash out some videos, but he's on the computer looking for people that we can connect to. Uh, he's coming up with t-shirt ideas. He's coming on as a, as um well, the t-shirt run that we previously did was we're working on his own line of t-shirts from his own photography. Oh, nice. It's, it's awesome. Just just finally feeling like I can I can be me with someone else at a very um intrusive prior partner, but I was gonna so maybe let's let's go. I don't know how much you're willing to to share about this or how much Absolutely. you want to, but but you had seen a lot of success, and and for the listener who's who's wondering, mm -hmm. this is coming around to sports uh, and and just sort of your yes. involvement in 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 that world. But I I find it very interesting mm -hmm. because I want to draw this uh this this picture of 
who gets involved in in sports. You know, mm-hmm. you, you talked earlier about your uh, uh, feeling like you found this kind of niche in the world of metal. We talked before the podcast about how at certain points you had felt as though they almost pushed you out because you weren't as much like them as they wanted you to be. And sports ended up becoming that that kind of common language that we all get to speak. Yeah. And it kind of all comes back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you you did, as I mentioned, have uh, quite a bit of success. It was J-Hoff Films, J-H-F uh, mm-hmm. was the YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, and it, what was it? Seven years you were doing that? or how? I was there for six years. We amalgamated 167,000 followers, 20 million plus views. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And then, you know. Um, I can speak to <laughs> the fact that that is not easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a lot of uphill battle. But so I started off at York. I was a journalist for a bit. I picked up a base first year university. So 2012 to 2016, I was active in the Toronto music scene. I was fronting my own band and uh, playing bass. And at the time I joined a band just as a bassist. And then very quickly, I went from being the bassist to the front man sure. to booking the gigs, to printing the merchandise, to wow. doing everything. Yeah, yeah. So, doing what Glazer's doing now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So everyone that, everyone, if you're a parent listening to this and you're really, you're really hesitant about getting your kid into the arts. They want to sell drugs or they want to sell band t-shirts. Let them sell the band t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, should, we, should, we should work that out. Can we swear on this one? Or is it going to be a yeah, beat? No, <laughs> we, we, can swear. we can swear. We are marked as explicit. Uh, we're usually not quite as blue. We're sort of doing a, a crossover. This is another thing we can bring up uh, between our two channels. In mm-hmm. uh, the mixing of that demogra- of those demographics is going to be interesting. I was saying, oh, I yeah. think I may be the first person who's shown up on your YouTube channel wearing a collared shirt. Um, that's me. I am the least cool person I think uh, that you'll ever have. So thank you for, for allowing me to take part. Um, but what it comes down to is there is this sense of, of business business and industry that that content creators uh, often find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you uh, from, from going to the ab and, and drinking and playing bass, uh, I'm assuming you would have met your partners at uh, Jayhoff Films. Um, so uh, Jayhoff, I met at a metal show. So when I was younger, I saw metal concerts as my opportunity to, net, to network with people. Cool. Where the older generation goes to the golf clubs. I was going to metal shows with yeah. business cards on me. Uh, That's we, amazing. <laughs> thank you. Uh, we didn't pocket a couple other party favors and maybe some beers, <laughs> some road beers for the touring bands. Because I was, I, that, that was my way of meeting people. So uh, I met him at a, a Monomarth show in 2014. And 2014, yeah. And then September 2015, he messaged me saying, hey, I'm we're doing this video called How to Make Metalhead Friends. We're going to shoot at the promenade. Just show up with your vest on. I, I wore it all the time anyway. Yeah. We shot the video. I At the time, I was just a fan of the channel. I noticed that they were from the area, and I thought, oh, okay, cool. They're in my area, whatever. And then when I saw him at a show, I did introduce myself. And then I got invited out to the shoot. I thought nothing of it. And then the next morning, my social medias blew the fuck up. Uh, Ultimate Guitar... Uh, metal injection metal sucks uh metal hammer uk all the big publications for metal uh picked up on the video and it went viral and so at that point there was a prior lead uh his name's ellie karpinski he left and then once again i found myself being in charge of that channel i was the lead of the channel i was and then again i started looking out for the opportunities because i knew bands in industry uh, Jay Hoff was a film student that had his nose up in the air because no one had watched the newest fucking Walking Dead episode. So while he was... You didn't watch the newest Walking Dead episode? Fuck no. Season seven sucked. <laughs> That's true. Season yeah. seven's not great. Yeah. Fuck you, Negan. <laughs> I hate that show. Man. So we so we started filming and things started getting bigger. When I joined, the channel was at maybe 20, 25K subs and 
very quickly from the first time I met my now very close friends, Warbringer in 2017, we hit 65K. And as the channel got bigger, Julian got angry at the fact that I was the face and the brand of the sure. channel and he knew it and he took advantage of that. He never, he never treated me as an equal in the relationship. I didn't have access to the, I was only made a manager on the channel in 29, in 2020, after I finished my, uh, post my postgrad in marketing management. And I did my Google analytics, analytics certificate, everything that I came to him with, he said, no, Hey, so I'm getting into skateboarding. You want to do it? No. Hey, so I'm doing, so I, I have this extra net and I have space on my balcony. You want to do is like hockey, but he's like, and he's, I he's literally said to me, if it's hockey, I don't fucking care huh. because there's, there's this thing with the creatives that they just hate sports. So just oh, go sports, which I fucking hate. Anytime someone says to me, oh, go sports. Like, okay. I get it. Yeah, you don't yeah. like it. Don't want to talk to you. Well, it's. I mean, that's that's an interesting bit to to hang on to there because it, it does seem like uh, you know when I was first getting familiar with your channel uh, uh, it, that it it would have nothing to do with sports, and yet there was a video, uh, Brian, that you you put me onto of I think it was uh, uh, Thrash Fed Exodus Part One where you had been giving uh, Chris giveaways mm-hmm. where uh, uh, packages to some of your fans, and you went to deliver them with a hockey stick One and kind of part. shot. Yeah. Because yeah. this was, this was in, uh, in, in the COVID. middle of, of yeah. COVID. Right. So you went to go like fire snapshots essentially yeah. of the delivery over to some of the fans. Um, since you made the change, uh, to your own channel, which must've been tough. And I do want to talk about what that was like in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what your, your thought process was now I can imbue some of these, you know, my love of sports. I, mm-hmm. I can, I can bring my personality to this in a way that maybe I felt a little bit more pigeonholed uh, yeah. at, at the other, the other one. So going into the pandemic, uh, the relationship was further strained with Julian and I, and I was showing interest because I was finishing my post-grad and I didn't want to do an unpaid internship. And I have, I have a passion for clothing. I have a passion for metal sure. and I wanted to do my own merch line and create my own brand because I got, uh, got one of the hats there as well for thrashed. <laughs> So January, 2020, 2021 started. And, uh, that's when I started recovery. Um, and this is something else that, you know, getting back to the authentic part of yourself, uh, I am in recovery for uh, PTSD, borderline personality disorder and uh, social anxiety disorder. Uh, the PTSD, uh, stems from a specific, uh, childhood sexual assault. Okay. And, um, as a child, you know, I did play rep hockey. I did, I could have had an outside chance of playing college at the college level. I was playing double A, triple A call up. But when, when I started recovery, because when I started metal, when I started getting into metal, I, I was moving away from hockey because I, I resented it and obviously undiagnosed mental health disorders. But once I started reanalyzing the relationships in my life and reanalyzing who I am as a person and the relationships that I have with people, and I realized that more times than not, be it with uh, bands in the music industry, in the service industry, or with my former business partner, people were walking all over me and I was just a yes man. I was just a people pleasing. I just wanted to do something right because I was told my entire life, you can't make money in music. You can't make money. You need to cut your hair and do your own job. Well, fuck you and do my own business then. Right. Right. So, right. Which it, you have developed quite a bit of a following yeah. and, and, and passionate uh, fans as well. We were talking as well before we recorded the podcast or started recording that uh, if you look at the comment section on a lot of your videos, they're filled with people who are uh, almost thanking you for being some sort of inspiration or guiding light uh, in in whatever darkness that they're going through. And and I one of the reasons why I want to stress this is because hearing you and seeing you, it's I I can imagine someone's first impression might be, well, this guy swears a lot. 
You know, he's got the long hair. Maybe he doesn't care about other, you know, that Spanny sort of thing. pack danks a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's so much more to it. And that love needs to go into this, this whole idea of being your own persona and personality and content creation, mm-hmm. which, which you've clearly done. Now, when, when you were making this change, um, um, did you find it hard to essentially cut out the hundreds of thousands of followers, the 2 million plays, the, the established, uh, uh, platform platform that yeah. you were at you know you have a play button from youtube which is something that's incredibly highly sought after um giving that up and starting fresh um was there any similarity between that and the idea of maybe giving up on that potential hockey career and switching to another passion in metal with, with hockey it was it was a combination of i dislocated my shoulder and i was just i was sick of the politics and the toxic change room behavior mm-hmm so with with leaving JHF, it was horrifying. Yeah, that's e- the best word I could find it. And as someone with borderline personality disorder who really struggles with uh, my sense of person on this planet and figuring sure. out who I am and trying to ground my- myself, that channel was an identity for me, especially during my early twenties and after I left uh, the music scene. And people started treating me differently once I once I started doing that channel. So uh, January, I sent my resignation. I sent a letter at 6 a.m. after another sleepless night saying to Julian that I'm done. And the hardest thing that I had to do was go a month without letting anyone know because we had a couple uh, uh, prior engagements with 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 some collaborations. So that month of February was horrifying. Sure. I, I, felt, I felt so wrong that I had this, to me, it was like this big secret. And my biggest fear was, is no one's going to care about you anymore. No one's going to give a fuck. Uh, no band's going to want to do stuff with you. And I'll never forget that day where I released my public statement because that was the other awkward thing, releasing my own PR statement right, right, right. and booking my right. own media tour afterwards about why I left. Um, that was that was hor- horrible that day. I was I was, in, I was crying all day. Uh, the statement came out and one of the first comments was a kid commenting saying that they were shocked that they were crying. And my big thing is I, I can't do this without the fans. Yeah, yeah. I can't do it without the love and support of these people. And if there's one thing I've learned more often from all of this is that these, that these people are going to be here and, you know, I'm getting a little bit um, touched about it, but you know, when I have that kid that tells me that they, they tell me that I, they grew up with me in high school because that's something I didn't realize right. by the time I left right. was that, Oh my God, you were there for like, these kids grew up with you. Yeah. This kid's 10 years old. Now he's 15. You know, he, he's going to turn 16 and he can go to his own gigs and right, book right, his own right, shows. Right. And, you know, I've had that pleasure of talking about what you can do for your own metal scene, uh, what you can do for your own band, how to uh, grow yourself. So certainly that growth as a creative comes in part with growth with the fans. For and, sure. Um, and one of the first things I said in my public statement was my need for a team. Yeah. And the first thing I did was, <laughs> was, was reach out to, to Glaze. Yes, because we had a few gigs Oh, the Exodus obituary war, uh, power trip show was one of my favorites. And uh, I'll let you take over. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> so that was, uh, I think that was the second time I actually filled in for you guys. Because yes. I think the first time was Warbringer mm-hmm. uh, down at the Mod Club, RIP. Uh, that was a great, great bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was awesome. I think I still have a, a Mod Club drink ticket. Oh, somewhere, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with with the like the underground logo on it. Mod you know? Club uh, for the listener who's who's unaware is a club uh, in Toronto, kind of a fan favorite uh, mm-hmm. that shut down uh, around. I the think someone COVID saved time. it, but they're changing the yeah, name. It's, and yeah, it's becoming like a pop club. Typical, it's gonna be like Rebel Toronto or bar. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we end up there, and he's like, "Hey, I have uh, 
you know, this band Exodus. And he's like, hey, it's at London Music Hall. Like the band's there. I can, we're, we're going on their bus. We're going to like interview them. They're basically like, Part of the big four, I guess. Like they're, they're just outside. They, yeah, they missed the cutoff outside, for the big four. But they're 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 there. Like they're yeah. they're they're, they're they making have, the full time money being in the thrash metal band. They have the Slayer. Gary Holt is the main guitarist, and mm. uh, Zetro, Steve Zetro, yep. I believe. See, I I don't know too too much, but I'm I'm catching up. Yeah, catching up quick, and at least I'm not pretending yeah. like I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's interesting because this is. Uh, it, it feels as though. Um, it, you're you're trying to use what you're good at, you know, which is content creation and just general management of of personalities and, and business and and learn an industry so that you can create a product that fits within it. Um, and I think that there are a lot of people that that kind of feel like you only have one shot at at putting a product out there, and that is your number one passion. But if you asked you, Chris, when you were a kid, what's your number one passion? It could have been hockey. And that's changed. Yeah. I think it's important to keep in mind that whatever skills you develop in one pursuit can then shift to the next pursuit, which you clearly yeah. have done with, with, with the help of Glaze as well. Yeah. As the, as a business partner as well, the reason one of the main reasons why I reach out to Glaze, we've worked in business environments. Right. We, we've ran the we've ran the ab Wednesday nights. We used to work at the Hershey Center together. We shut down Steelhead games like I, I know I can rely on Glaze. Yeah. I know Glaze is a hard worker. I know he's going to be there ready to work with a pack of smokes and a coffee. Like, we work hard, but we fucking play hard, though. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I was doing a little bit of a uh, of a of a skim of uh, of some of your your social media as well uh, because it is it is sort of littered with that sort of dual uh, passion for mm-hmm. both metal and sports. You know, you see a lot of things where where you're in a band. A lot of the the information that you find about you is you know bassist wanted to be the bassist in a band, potentially the lead bassist in a band, especially you were in high school. And then littered in there, there's a farewell post to Kyle Lowry. It, there's a there's you riding Daryl Sittler's bronze statue like a <laughs> outside the hall of fame there's you intently watching the playoffs um what is it that to you goes so hand in hand between hockey and maybe just sports in general and metal what 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 ties those together they are both the greatest avenues of entertainment and that's what it boils down to hockey sports and music they're both entertainment yeah when i see those metalheads making fun of hockey (laughs) and then you know the hockey players making fun of the stupid creatives you're both idiots. You both like entertainment. We all can get along. So. It's it's always some form of escapism. And and I bet you, uh, you know, from the outset, listening to uh, the introduction, some of our listeners thinking, well, I don't I don't want to know about metal. I want to yeah. know about hockey. This is this is sort of to open everyone's eyes and say that there is a common thread, right? Yeah. Our passion is just the is is where we if our passion is hockey, it's just where we put that emotion. Yeah. onto you know Absolutely. it could be metal it could be video games it could be could, could be, be moshing anything. you go, could be you moshing. go from back checking the four checking in the fucking pit it's, <laughs> a, it's the exact same thing and growing up that passion for even the aesthetic uh just uh commemorative patches i rem- i i've still have very mem- vivid memories of going down to the all-star game in 2000 with my dad and my brother yeah and just it, it's theater it, and as you said so eloquently it's escapism and just being like, I, I still remember being in Maple Leaf Gardens. I remember what it smells like. It smelled like fucking popcorn yes. mustard. Yes. yes. In, the, in, the, in the best way possible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They I should, lo- they should bottle that and sell it as cologne. Now there's a market. Yeah. Yeah. They have, it's called Hummer H2. <laughs> but yeah, that, that passion, they're just, to me, they're the greatest form avenues of entertainment. And there's so there's, there's combinations of brotherhood of being passionate, uh, 
growing up, my favorite hockey player, Wendell Clark. Yeah. My dad fucking revered Wendell Clark. Yes. I've seen my dad cry a handful of times when his parents died, when our dogs died, and when Wendell Clark retired. Oh, wow. And like, I remember him driving me to school that morning and saying, Wendell was the all man. He was all hard. He was a fucking bulldog on yeah. the ice. And I loved Wendell. And for me playing hockey, that's what I modeled my game after. I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest guy, you know, standing at 5'10 right now in high school playing sure. rep. I was 4'10", 5'0". Right. So my game was grease and quick wristers and finishing my fucking checks just the way Wendell did. Yeah. Aim for the chest and go through someone. Well, it's funny you bring up uh, Wendell. We had him as a guest on the podcast. And, uh, uh, you know, these these recent summer days of Toronto have been outrageous. Yep. So much so to the fact that like we're in our recording studio, it's at Frameworth, as you mentioned, Frameworth HQ. Uh, we had Wendell Clark coming for a day. It's just a bit of a, uh, uh, an embarrassing story, funny story, just at my expense. Um, so we knew he was coming. He was supposed to be coming at 12. I went, went out to go get some lunch at like 11 o'clock. I came back. It was excruciatingly hot outside. Our air conditioning was broken inside here. He gets here at 1130. I'm still setting up the mics. I'm still setting up the cameras and all that. He's like, I'm ready to go. We're like, okay, I scramble, get everything going. He sits down. I, I've met him a handful of times. I don't know him too, too well. He he definitely knows my dad, uh, Brian Anworth, president of Frameworth, uh, better better than myself. Brian Senior, as Brian I like Senior, to say. Brian Senior, yeah, you're, you're the, like you're the second Brian. Brian Junior. Yeah, yeah. You're my, 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 uh, my, my big brother, or my little brother now. You're yeah. uh, your adapted brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so we're sitting here and we start the podcast recording and I all of a sudden really start to fixate on the fact that I am excruciatingly overheating and I, I start drenching sweat and I'm looking there across the table from him. I'm sure you guys can feel it as well. It gets hot in here sometimes when we're recording. I'm sitting there across the table and he can see literal beads of sweat dripping down and I don't know if he's putting two and two together that I'm just overheating. I think he thinks I'm a nervous little kid <laughs> interviewing him on a podcast and it threw me off so much. I cringe every time I listen back to that. If you're watching this on YouTube or, or even if you're not, find us on YouTube and watch that episode. You can see me sweating and it's Zoom incredibly right, embarrassing. Right in, right into, right into the forehead. Right into the forehead. He's like, oh, Almost I'm into Wendell the eyes. Clark. I, I have I, to put up with this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm Wendell Clark. <laughs> no, he's got the, got the mustache going on. Uh, that's, that's where I got my inspiration as well yeah um uh you mentioned uh, your your dad and his passion uh, or his 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 reverence towards wendell clark uh what about you what what are the players that kind of got you inspired even either to this day or uh or or uh, moving forward like who who do you love who who inspires you to to create what you create and uh and to watch the sports that you watch current okay i got to do two for got to do childhood and then current so okay that works childhood darcy tucker ty mm. domi matt sundin Alex McGillney, Cujo. You're describing a very specific era of Leafs, yeah, and I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the glory days where you could whisper, go Leafs, go in the Arcano Center, and everyone so put down their fucking shrimp cocktails and actually did something. Now it's, <laughs> now it's boring. Um, if we're talking about now in the current NHL, Mitch Marner's secretly my husband. He doesn't know it yet. I'm having a very awkward conversation with his girlfriend. It's okay. I promise you my hair smells better than hers. Um <laughs> I love Wayne Simmons. I love JT. I love Matthews. I love Matthews' aesthetic. I love the fact that he's doing something different. Yeah. And I hate that these guys are like, oh, he's wearing ankle socks. And yeah, he's yeah, not yeah, yeah. This is the changing of the guards for an era of hockey. This is when people our age start to look down on the aesthetic of a younger player. He's, in my mind, like I'm I'm 32, he's he's a young guy. He's yeah. young and he, there's a whole different aesthetic to the way that you dress in. And this brings it back to the idea of marketing. You also mentioned Mitch Marner. Um, it's, it's, it's basically like 
um, um, Marner has this whole new realm of of approaching fans and marketing himself, which is through Twitch, through being just a unique individual. Uh, and then Matthews has this way of dressing and being cool, hanging out with guys like Justin Bieber, who people my age often just refuse to admit is a cool person. You know what I mean? Like it, there's this whole new trend and wave of sports fan that are that are coming out and that's a, a demographic I think that you and your channel speak very well to it doesn't have to be one way no. and you mentioned your love-hate relationship with the Leafs in in a lot of cases I feel a similar frustration not necessarily with the way the Leafs play the game it's the way the fans uh uh strong arm the way you're you're supposed to cheer for the team you know, uh, I talked to a good friend of mine, my co-host on the Retrograde Podcast, Andrew Bascom, and, and and we talk a lot about how in hockey, we so desperately want personality, and yet we go out of our way to stifle it. Yeah. And this is a good example. When Marner does a weird dance on Twitch, people are like, that's not what a hockey player does. Oh, when, when Matthews wears his ankle socks, we're like, that's not how a hockey player dresses. Let the athletes be what they want. Let's let them market themselves in a way that's unique to them. If you don't like it, then have reverence if for the William past. William Nylander wants to post shirtless on Instagram. You're just fucking jealous because he's hot. <laughs> Leave Willie alone. He's. If I had the body of Willie, I'd be posing oh, shirtless yeah. all the time Guy's as an well. Yeah. Man rock. <laughs> You're completely right. It's just a changing of the guard. It's yes. just like when, like late '90s, early 2000s, people stopped chain smoking three cigarettes in the Zamboni entrance while eating a Heinz mustard hot dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like Fedorov used to go like chain smoke two cigarettes exactly. in, in between, yeah. like. Chill out. You're not showing up. Like they weren't showing up in suits and stuff anyway. It's it's almost the same as uh, you know. There are a ton of examples of this where it's it's when did you grow up? What did it mean to you then? And what was it about it that was iconic to you? And mm. and and you refuse. And I'm speaking to a general you, not necessarily the listener. But but if you find yourself questioning the way in which modern players are holding themselves, you should really. Start to change that. Like, you're old. You're old now. Like yeah. when you start questioning the new stuff, it's like, oh fuck, I'm Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Like old, old man, man yells at cloud. Old man yells at cloud. I mean, yeah. and it's okay to feel or to recognize that it's changing, and it's okay to be old. But we have to understand that that the league needs to open itself up. It needs to do some spring cleaning mm-hmm. uh, and market itself in a much younger way. And that's going to mm-hmm. kind of feel like it's alienating people my age and older sometimes because it's not marketing towards us, but that's just a part of it, right? Understanding that you're not going to be the person who's being spoken to every moment of every day. Yeah. On that note too, with the NHL, when you see great things happen, like the Hockey Diversity Alliance or players standing side by side to stand against something, when people get mad at players for speaking up against social justice inequalities, fuck you. Yeah. Like quite easily. If If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And then- when I see hockey traditionalists, they complained about, remember when the Dallas Stars, they did their like neon jersey this year? I do so remember Edmonton. that. Yes. Steve, it was said on the Stephen Dangle podcast, those jerseys aren't meant for you and your dad. They're meant for the kid that's on EA Sports. I was going to say, jersey. It, yeah. it looks, it would it look, and that's such a good point, is 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 kind of missing the mark. But like people who look at that Dallas jersey, uh it was the it was the reverse retro jersey, I believe. No, right? no, no. The reverse retro was the '99 full white star. Oh, bottom. right. Yeah. Yes. So they did yes. full dayman versus nightman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. It's always yeah. sunny reference. Yeah. Love that. And someone who can actually do the vocals of it. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, but people looking at that and basically thinking that's never going to sell. You're missing the point, and you're, you're, you're missing the fact that 
uh, when when I when I uh, started this podcast uh, and I was kind of explaining what I uh, to to someone who's who's a veteran in the industry what I what I bring to the table and what my demographic is coming Drop across. Drop that name. Coming? No, no. Yeah. Not. <laughs> um, when when it comes across, because all for all intents and purposes, uh, all intents and purposes, good guy. Much smarter than I am when it comes to all this stuff, but just not understanding that there is a different demographic now. The demographic that follows me over from the retrograde, a video game podcast, is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of of, of younger kids who are willing to spend less money. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm talking about larger multiples of people who are willing to spend less on one thing as opposed to fewer people who are willing to spend a lot on one thing. And it equals the same amount. So if you look at that Dallas jersey and you're like, I would never buy that. Yeah, I don't think it's for you. I think there are hundreds of kids out there who, like you said, Chris, design their own jerseys in the EA Sports NHL franchise and make it look as absurd as possible. Mm -hmm. What a nod to them to get and recognize that the league is now recognizing them. That's a good thing. Which makes me disappointed that the Leafs reverse retro was so bad. That was that was a uh, an interesting take. I, I was not a huge fan of the Leafs reverse retro jersey, mainly because I don't know what it was trying to say. Gray was never an option. No. <laughs> Gray it was never an option. Like, unless your retro was, like, the last time we won it, the black and white footage. <laughs> like, that's it. There was never. And the worst part was is they all their teasers, everything that came out, they edited the 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 pictures to right. make it look more white. Right, right, and, right, right. And like people, like I literally bought this ECHL Growlers jersey because it was a better retro reverse than the Leafs put out yeah. that year, and it was it was put out the same year. This right. is just the the ECHL Newfoundland Growl, uh, Growlers third alternate Leaf jersey. I don't even think they got to wear it because right. of COVID. Yeah, why right, couldn't right. we do the Toronto Arena stripes on the sleeves and then do the modern Leaf? Why not? True. True. Easy. Or I mean, or or here's the other thing, because and and this is again speaking to uh, here here's the, the don't do anything Ballard curse related. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Oh. We we talk about uh, Ballard on this podcast all the time, man. He has some. Oh. Stro- he's like the Vince McMahon of uh, of of the early NHL. Where is he? <laughs> Where is he? Hey, Stephanie, you stay here. <laughs> Getting some theatrics in the studio. I love it. Um, but I I think that we have a a an. Uh, a hesitance as Leafs fans to do anything modern. And maybe that was their attempt at it. I, I don't think so. If it was, it was I'm a miss. so glad you said that. I've been to a Leafs playoff game and a regular season Raptors game. Regular season Raptors will always trump Leafs playoff. Right. They're, the Leafs suck at getting the younger generation excited. I don't want to listen to Hall and Oates when there's a fucking <laughs> goal. I don't want to see these shitty reverse retros. I don't do mind s- hollow notes for the record. <laughs> but like, fuck, these games are boring. The team is boring. The aesthetic is boring. The Raptors are fine. Okay, I don't like the Chevron, but at least they're doing something new, man. They're doing something new. Well, see, here's here's the thing is I I don't I don't I don't know that I find it boring necessarily, but I feel like it's stagnant. Yes. And I think that's a, a, a clear distinction where when things start to move in the other direction towards a younger audience, mm-hmm. a lot of people feel ignored or left in the dust. You know, I've supported you all these years and now all of a sudden it's like I don't exist. But that's what teams and leagues have to do in order to to maintain their relevance. 
I'm just, I'm okay as someone who who does like the Hall & Oates goal scoring. If they start to do something, you know, they had Dead Mouse, for example, do do the the the, the theme for, for the Leafs taking to the ice. And that was, you know, a little bit dated, but an attempt to modernize yeah. Uh, 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 the aesthetic of the EDM's Leafs. EDM's big. Who's who's big in 2019? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, yeah, dead Ghosts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was yeah. it. It was a hit of 2007. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's it, but at least it's an attempt to push things forward yeah. by someone who probably uh, did grow up with Dead Mouse. Maybe lost a little bit of touch. Had a recommendation to do it. And they took a swing and they missed. And yeah. I think something you know working for. I don't know a ton about the Dallas Stars organization, but I imagine that it's probably a little bit easier to pitch a something new when you don't have the history of an original six team. And I think yep. that's a clear yep. uh, issue, is we love, as Leafs fans, uh, to really focus on the fact that we've been here the longest. You know, Why would we push things forward when we're, we've been here? And I, I think that's a dangerous uh, mentality to have. Agreed. Well, yeah, especially since you haven't won since it was black and white <laughs> on TV. <Yeah. laughs> There's always two people, there's always two kinds of NHL fans. A fan that wants to be respected because their team is the best, and the other fan that their team has sucked the longest. Fair, fair, yeah. Right now it's between us and the Sabres. Oh, the Sabres. Now, you, you, I I, I read about you, Chris, that you have a very love-hate relationship with some Buffalo teams like the Sabres and uh, the the Bills. Yeah, the Bills and Sabres can fucking... <laughs> how, okay, how bad can I get on here? Not, not, not what you were think, about to I say. Think I think we're towing the line. I think we're we're already right. at the line. Now, yeah. if you if you guys have uh uh you know some some issues with the way that you know parts of the league at least at least the leaves the Leafs are not the leaves are uh, are not pushing themselves forward in we're terms of uh, yeah yeah in terms of uh, marketing and 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 maintaining their sort of youthfulness or or, or recapturing it. Is there a franchise in the league that you think is doing a really good job of that? Carolina Hurricanes are doing a great job. <laughs> you're, now you're referencing for for Carolina the yes. the the social media, uh, you know them actively kind of giving the finger to the the people we're talking about who are yeah, like the bunch of jerk t-shirts. Great, right? Yeah, exactly, I love that. exactly. Lean into it. Yeah. I mean, it's it feels like there's this uh, sea change that is is bubbling under the surface, and there will be a side that's left in the dust. And I yeah. worry that Toronto will be that unless they do start to imbue some of their market marketing tactics mm-hmm. with a a, a sense of uh, of newness. Yes. You know, headhunt someone. Head headhunt the person who's running the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter account. Yeah, bring them over here. Hell, get Justin Bieber as a as a brand ambassador. Like Drake for, exactly. for the Raptors. I don't know why we haven't done this yet. That's a great point. The only thing that Toronto ever did right was when they headhunted Tim Lewicki oh, from LA. Right. Because he was like you, when when Vegas came into the scene, you know, they, they were popping off social media wise. Yep. And you, it kind of seemed like they had just taken the team from LA. Almost. Sure, like, sure. Like LA was the first you know, the, the real ones to, you know, step out when it came to, and it was the Twitter account. Right. And then it went to Vegas and then a lot of other that, did you see the, uh, the Dan flashes Adirondack, uh, Adirondack, Adirondack thunder jerseys? No, they put out like, I think you should leave Dan flashes. This is like third jerseys real Vegas did. No, no, no. This is uh this is an ECHL. Team. Oh, okay. So, like okay, like okay. all these, te- it's starting to trickle down. Like where this, this is going to be 10 uh, years ago, LA was killing it. And now, now it's fine. Now it's changing. Cause you have yeah, to, you have to sprint to, to, to even stay in place that, you know, to unpack that for the listener who doesn't understand a very popular and, and a mutually loved show on Netflix. Uh, I think you should leave had a very obscure, uh, uh, sketch in its second season 
called Dan Flashes. And the idea of a sports team knowing that niches are sometimes larger than the base demographic and understanding that if you get enough of a, of a if you memify a post is enough, you're going to get more traction on that than if you give something that everyone loves because no one's going to want to share it as a part of their personality. Steve Dangle does an excellent job of this and you can look at the Sportsnet numbers. They made history doing the fucking Don Cherry. Pointing down at the at the table, yeah. They made, they made history with the amount of viewers that were tuning in for Watch a Leafs game with Steve Dangle, which very quickly turned into Watch a Habs game with Steve Dangle. Yes. They were pulling millions of people. And Dangle, I've been following him since 2013 when I was just a passionate journalist. Sure. And I liked reading his blog posts. I liked that. I also have an affinity for people in the entertainment industries with bigger schnozzes. That's, what, <laughs> yeah, that's the first. When I met Steve Dangle at the Eric Lendros hockey tournament, the first thing he says to me is like, you Italian too? <laughs> <laughs> Close, I'm Greek. That's Greek, Greek and Italian, but you know. That's amazing. But yeah, I, I love that. And I love the fact that he's pushing the envelope and he's not afraid to have difficult conversations. Right. That's something I really respect about Kyle Dubas as well. When there was that issue with uh, the ragged comment with uh, Morgan Riley, mm-hmm. that Kyle Dubas and Mo weren't afraid to talk publicly about it. And when they had that media backlash saying, oh, oh, keep it on the ice, whatever. No, fuck you. There's people there. There was a whole world around you that you can be a little bit yes. compassionate about because other people have been marginalized and been pushed. As- it it uh. does. I think. I think. You know. It, I think what it what it comes down to is kind of what we were talking about earlier, where sports end up becoming escapism. Yeah. And there's this. There's there's a reckoning where escapism kind of isn't enough for a lot of people now. You know, we understand the reach that people have. And, you know, maybe it is the Mitch Marner who is 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 a public persona almost apart from the league. You know, on, on Twitch, he's super popular, and a lot of players are doing things like this. And you understand the effect that you have on a day-to-day basis. We should be aware of what we're saying and how much influence we can have on, on mm-hmm. external circumstances. Um, and I, I think... I think Ultimately, when we look at at this scope of the league and how much it's changing and growing, anyone who's really trying to just clasp it to their chest and refuse to let it become what it very inevitably is going to become might find themselves behind the curve just just a little bit. Um, and you talk about the Stephen Dangle thing too, and I want to bring that up. The the innovation, you know, love him or hate him for his opinions, the innovation that he's shown by doing a watch along is also another one of those things where you'd almost get like the same sort of people saying, well, I'll never understand Twitch. I'll never understand why uh, someone would sit there and watch someone else play video games. Why don't you just play the video games yourself? The easiest argument is, why are you watching hockey instead of playing road hockey? Sometimes we like to do these things, and, and it's very clear now that people want to engage in their passions with other people. And if you're not watching the game with anyone... Tune in and watch Steve Dangle do it. It's yeah. a very Twitch-esque thing. And again, it just shows that it's like if you're not paying attention to the small incremental changes, you're very quickly going to find yourself far behind everything. Okay. Do you have any plans like that, Chris, uh, moving forward? Anything that's sort of live, engaging with the fans? Uh, maybe maybe it would or would not be factoring in sports, but using an example of someone like Steve Dangle and mm-hmm. saying that's something that I can uh, I can use towards uh, uh, what I'm trying to, to get with my fans. Uh, well, in prior with my previous platform, when I was able to do live streams uh, after having 4,000 public watch hours, I was doing watch-alongs. Like, we were watching. I was watching Raptor games with my fans. I was watching right. the Jays lose to Tampa. Um, <laughs> I, I 
I and I really enjoyed doing that, but I, again, it was pushed aside. So if I want to get on Twitch, that's my next goal. Um, I have Discord right now, and in my right. Discord community, every Friday night, I spend with my fans. We pick a, we have a whole list of movies, and we do movie night. Amazing. So, what what do you find in terms of? Uh, and sorry, let me just say this because I honestly, I this is just occurring to me that some of our listeners may actually not know what Twitch and Discord are. Twitch okay. is a platform where. Uh, it, it started off essentially to stream video games while you're playing them and engage with the people who are watching. Discord would be like Slack or just more of an instant messenger chat room almost, but with specific channels where you could uh, share videos, watch things together. It's more communal. I would call Discord a more beefed up social media platform that caters to your brand. So in my okay. Discord community, there's different subtexts in the Discord channel. So there's a general chat forum where everyone you know says good morning everyone. Sure. There's a mental health, there's a mental health thread where people share their problems. And I try to, you know, as someone in recovery, I'm not going to say I'm a psychologist, but you know, I'm 28, turning 28 years old tomorrow. I've, I've experienced a few things and I know what it's like to be marginalized, to be put down, be it through uh, religious institutions, authoritarian institutions. And I don't want that stress. If I could do anything, it would be to take that stress off young me for that. So that's what I love about discord. Isn't, isn't that like everything you just said there, you know, we talk about, and I'll, I'll, I'll come just to, to keep it on this thread. Uh, um, we talk about hockey as an escape. Um, and when you think about what the purpose of escapism is, it's often to forget about your worries. Now, people who resist making sports more important than just pure escapism miss the fact that they now may also become a community and a forum for people to not just escape, but to get better. Yeah. And isn't that isn't that much better than just tuning into a game so you can forget your problems? Yeah, whenever I see Connor McDavid going to sick kids or any of the Leafs, I yeah. can cry every time. Yeah. I love watching it. it yeah. It's it's so fulfilling. It's you need that you, it's it, it I'm going to sound like the biggest hippie. It's it's a sense of unity. It's yeah. a it, it's a full encompassing circle and it, it's beautiful that you can have so much in in and Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, it, and if it, you're one of those kids' dads, don't try and make him sign an off-brand jersey and then film it and then try and make him look bad for not signing your kids' oh, jersey. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I see. So you, what you're essentially talking about is the people who will go up to the athletes, ask them to sign something. Well, they're trying to do some good. You know, like yes. uh, uh, Otani the other day, there was a video of him, uh, the the Angels player, yep. uh, and he there's a bunch of kids with their baseballs and he's signing them. Then there's a bunch of eBay sellers yeah, 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 and yeah. old yep. men. And he's just like, I'm going to get all the kids first. I'm yep. going to get all the kids first. To like, yeah. We yeah. talk, we, we, every time we have a, a, an athlete or a former athlete on, on this podcast, we talk about how you balance that, you know, how you balance knowing that people genuinely do want your autograph. Uh, and, and that's because they look up to you and maybe they, you know, they, they, they uh, idolize you in a certain way. And knowing when to say no, because now you're being taken advantage of. And very, very often they say they just recognize the same people approaching them, even if it's through their kids. It's like, yeah. uh, I, I can't remember who it was, but someone was telling a story where they were just signing in a crowd of people. And, uh, and the, the, actually, I think it was Wayne Gretzky. So Wayne, Wayne uh, was signing in a group of people. 
like and father like son just dropping the wings. Yeah. Nowhere, no, he wasn't. Right? He wasn't telling well, you. This. I would know because I'm Brian Jr. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's he was outside his restaurant with his dad, and he was signing autographs for uh, for everyone. And they were in a rush, and they had to go. And his dad was very much, "You have to sign everyone's autograph." And then he, one kid comes up to him, and he says no, and he goes to get in his car. And his dad says, "This this story goes kind of both ways." His dad says, "You have to sign that kid's autograph," and he says, "Dad." That kid's been back four times. Like it's not, it's not for him anymore. Which is, which is one point. That that's to show what does happen. In, in, like yep. in the case of the angels. Uh, but his dad says, "Listen, everyone needs to make a living, and that's how this person does it." So you can you can argue both sides of it. I mean, Walter was a working man, uh, you know, and he and he and he and he knew that as well. I I I have my own opinions on it. But well, yeah, uh, well, especially with what happened uh, to Walter near the end there. Oh, taken advantage of by yeah, people who were very close were to him, like yeah. stealing like tens of thousands worth of the memorabilia. That was a uh, that was that was tough to hear about because it was someone who was fairly well known in Wayne Gretzky's inner circle. Yeah. Um, anyone who had been somewhat close will have met this person. So when the photos start to come, started to come out, I remember just thinking like, Oh my, Oh my God. Yeah. Like I, I, I am very familiar. Those charges were recently dropped. So I'm not sure where, where we stand now, if there was a settlement or they just didn't want the headache. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, it, it does go to show, you know, just like we talked, we like to talk about the industry that surrounds sports. They're also surrounds, there is also a kind of malicious circle that surrounds sports as well, which is going to happen anytime. Yeah. And any, any, every, every industry, yeah, every industry has yeah. those, you know, the, the Touching. people that tried to set up OJ. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's a whole other podcast or even people just overstepping when, you know, I, I, I get I get the same thing as well. I know when someone's genuinely excited to come up to me for an interaction or an autograph, and then someone that's just waiting to go. By the way, here's my demo. It's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm more than like I'm more than happy to pose for pictures, sign vests and stuff. But there, it, and I, I can I can only imagine how much more exasperated it must be for an athlete with those really pushy. Like, okay, come on, man, real quick, real quick. Yeah, because it, it's the same thing in the music industry with 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 someone trying to plug their demo to me and you know, cool. We could both like the same bands. I want to know you as a person yeah, before yeah, yeah. I start listening to your music. I love the boys in Riptide. That's why I rep their merch. Yeah. That's why we had them on the channel. We love Eva. Like th there has to be that mutual respect. And I wish for the athlete's sake that they finally get that respect, not only from uh, people asking for autographs, but from the, from the journalists too. Sure. I feel bad for them. Like these media scrums, it looks like it looks like they're in prison. I mean, that's, that's, there's so much, and this is why I'm, I'm excited to have you guys on is because, you know, it's very easy to sit here and talk with, um, uh, you know, past agents, past players. They People are in the industry that can't burn bridges yet. That, well, that's, <laughs> that's true, but it's also, it's also that they don't, they don't have a, you know, I'm not a young person, quote unquote anymore, but I do have an understanding of what media is now of what what articles are now what journalist journalism is now and it's all changed so it's easy to talk to agents and they can tell me about what life was like when they were an agent or players and they can tell me about what life was like then and how the the business industry worked memorabilia industry is relatively stagnant as well but it's nice to talk to people who have an understanding of of you know what what buzzfeed and clickbait articles have done to media scrums to the mental health of our athletes yeah. who are just looking for the one misquote that is good enough to get them clicks. It's not about, uh, uh, you know, 
let's do a, a three-page story on the healthy lifestyle of a player. It's like this player said X, Y, or Z, and that's what's getting me to click. And I can't imagine it's easy to grow up as a player knowing that literally everything you say is very liable, mm-hmm. not just potentially, is very likely to get you into trouble whether you intended that or not. Or um, Steve Simmons could end up reporting on it. And then that's a whole <laughs> different thing. God. <laughs> the uh, Well, you mentioned, Chris, uh, not too long ago, actually, that uh, it's your birthday tomorrow as of the date that we're recording. So obviously a little bit uh, a little bit dated. This is going to be coming out a couple extra weeks later, but I, I have a present for you. What? I do. Um, there's a, one of my favorite uh, things about a, uh, about uh, uh, your, your love is, is that of the Leafs and potential hatred of the Leafs is that you wear it all on your sleeve. And I've got a, uh, a nice little canvas here uh, taken from a very famous... <laughs> Got you, bud. Got if, you. You're, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I, I'm showing that right to the camera there. Uh, why don't you tell us? This, it's a canvas of you, Chris, in the bathtub with fallen leaves all over you. Oh, uh, it was going into the season. It was that. Oh, my God. The leaves <laughs> just sad. Put on the Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> the leaves were changing. We were going for a walk with my girlfriend. I was going for a walk with my girlfriend. <laughs> and she was like, why don't we do a little arts and crafts project? Let's get some of these maple leaves. And I was like, why don't you just grab a bunch of them and throw them on me in the tub and I'll cry and just what and talk <laughs> and talk about how much I hate this team. And going into this season, I'll, there was so much hope. There was Jumbo. There was the Wayne train. Yeah. It was going to be different. Vogo came back. And then you found yourself... Uh, uh, just desperately laying in the bathtub. Yep, talking about Austin Matthews and his chicken tortilla soup. Yeah, so happy, happy to give that to you. That was a little, uh, oh little combination God. gift between Glazer and myself. Um, wanted yeah. to make sure you had something to take home from Thank the podcast. You. Much appreciated. Uh, and uh, and I think it's limited edition, one of one. Yeah, there it to is. Look at that. Oh my God, it does say one of one. <laughs> So thank you, guys. Thank you so much. No this problem. Is epic. That's awesome. Make sure to head over to uh, to our YouTube channel to see what that's all about. And uh, make sure, obviously, to check out uh, Chris, uh, either Chris Thrash or Chris Sutsos on all of his social media. www.thrash.ca is one of the best ways to get in touch as well. You've got all your links there. Um, any other plugs? Anything you want to throw out there before we get going here? You can find us at Thrash TV. Everything is baked by Glaze Media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Thrash Shop, Thrash TV. You can follow me at Chris Thrash. And That's with two S's. Two S's. Two S's. Second one is for the last name. Seuss. Yeah, yeah. Seuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, Brian Glazer. Uh, Brian Jr., as you said. Chris Sutsos. I am Mikey Aaronworth, and this is us signing off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the end of yet another episode. Thanks again so much for joining us. You can find videos of all of our episodes on YouTube by searching the Sign Off Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Frameworth Sport or Instagram at Frameworth Sports. And hey, if you're not sick of me yet, you can find me on Twitter over at, at Retrograde Mikey, or you can always find me embarrassing myself over on Instagram at Aaronworth. The Sign Off is a proud product of Fadu Productions and Sad Styles Productions, executive producers Mikey Aaronworth and Andrew Bascom. Until next week, this is Mikey Aaronworth, signing off. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!